Hello, my friends, and welcome to another moment, a Black History Moment with Bo. And I also must say welcome to another day in Women History Month, which I consider Black Women History Month. You can call me biased if you want to, but that's what this show is about. Us. In the U.S., the stories of a select few black women, Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, Rosa Parks, Ida B. Wells, to name a few, seem to circulate on a regular rotation in school classrooms. Inspirational calendars and social media memes. Now, don't get me wrong. While these women's contribution to history are incredibly important, There are countless other black women who are less known, but who are equally significant in terms of fully understanding the American experience. And we got to face it, black women are true torchbearers of democracy. Black women have been demanding justice and liberty and have fought for it in ways great and small. History in the U.S. and much of the world has largely been written by white men, with whiteness at the center. But the profiles here on this show aim to reframe the stories, placing a wide range of black women firmly at the heart. The women that we will bring forward this month accomplished remarkable things. They were also remarkable for their humanity, for simply surviving despite unrelenting oppression. By learning about their experiences, we gain new perspectives to understand and celebrate the role of black women throughout Americans' existence. Hopefully, they will lead you to wonder who else has been left out of history books. What can we learn from their stories and how can we make space for the diverse narratives of black women that are yet to be told? So now we are going to slip into darkness and I'm going to tell you a story about Mary Church Terrell. She was born Mary E. Church to a family of former slaves in Memphis, Tennessee. And although her parents were divorced, Terrell described the arrangement as cordial and supportive even after her father remarried. Terrell was given a primary education in Ohio where she enjoyed great success and her father supported the decision to get higher education in the same geographical area. In describing her experience at Oberlin College, she believes it would be difficult for a colored girl to go through a white school with fewer unpleasant experiences occasioned by race prejudice than I had. Terrell was voted class poet, given access to orators, singers, and orchestras, generally treated well by professors, and her articles published in the campus newspaper 
Oberlin Review. In and out of school, she took advantage of every opportunity possible during her fairly carefree time in her life and even visited Washington, D.C., where she would meet Frederick Douglass, a lifelong friend. Upon graduation, Terrell secured a position at Wilberforce University, where she taught for two years. In 1886, she was offered a position teaching at M Street Colored High School in Washington, D.C., and began working with Robert Herberton Terrell in the Foreign Language Department. After completing her master's degree in 1888, Mary Terrell took a two-year leave of absence studying in France, Switzerland, Italy, and Germany to further her language competency. Upon returning to Washington, D.C., Mary and Robert continued to work together, though the relationship became increasingly personal. The two got married in 1891 in great celebration, but faced difficulties in the first five years of the marriage since the couple had three children who died soon after birth. In 1895, the District of Columbia's Board of Education appointed Mary Church Terrell to one of the three available positions reserved for women. Back then, I guess you could say, (laughs) stay in your lane. Terrell was the first black woman to be a member of the board. After six years, she resigned from the board due to a conflict of interest involving a vote for her husband to become school principal. Her activities were varied, including administration of a black school district and congressional appropriations requests for D.C. schools. In the midst of her educational and personal responsibilities, Terrell attended National Women Suffrage Association meetings and knew Susan B. Anthony. On a number of occasions, Anthony and the association allowed her to speak on suffrage and its relation to colored women. In 1892, Terrell founded the Colored Women's League of Washington and contributed as a teacher and organizer. She was instrumental in the group's merge with the National Federation of Afro-American Women to form the National Association of Colored Women in 1896. Ladies from both original organizations felt she was a fair and trustworthy person, and Terrell was elected as the first president of the organization. She was re-elected, then given the title of honorary president for life after completion of her second term. During her time as president, the most notable event was a Chicago convention that included an invitation by Jane Adams of Hull House for a luncheon. Although Hull House and similar groups failed to take a stand against discrimination at the time, the NACW 
achieved greater standing nationally and received favorable, extensive press. Terrell established the Monthly Notes newsletter to promote the organization and placed an emphasis on the need for members to form kindergarten, nurseries, and mothers' clubs in black communities. Local federation chapters also developed homes for the aging, schooling for girls, clinics, and other supportive networks during Terrell's tenure, and it was recognized as the leading black women's organization in the United States. Mary Church Terrell developed greater public speaking skills, which were commonly employed in addressing crowds about the progress of colored women, the inaccuracy of racial stereotypes, and the brutality which lynching and other practices posed against blacks. Her connection to black leaders expanded, and W.E.B. DuBose, as well as Booker T. Washington, invited her to their school's respective commencements. When Mary's husband was appointed a judge with great controversy, some suggested that Booker T. Washington had used his influence to help secure the position for him. In 1909, Terrell became a charter member of the NAACP at a time when many declined due to fear of losing their jobs. Terrell had become well-known around the United States for her unique ability to accurately and intelligently describe the difficulties which black women faced at that time. Her husband had always been very supportive, and Robert Terrell had nothing but encouragement when an invitation came for Mary Church Terrell to address the world. Despite some financial obstacles, Terrell spoke at the International Congress of Women on June 13, 1904, in Berlin, Germany. She gained respect and notoriety for her speech's content and form. Terrell had made this speech in German and French and given the audience a look into a world they'd never imagined. Many foreign members had not realized that she was considered a colored person until Terrell informed them. During World War I, Terrell offered her linguistic services to the federal government and managed to obtain a low-level clerk position despite facing severe discrimination from recruiters. Terrell had experienced similar difficulties in buying a house, seeking other employment opportunities, and traveling in the South. Eventually, she resigned from the clerk position due to racial prejudice she experienced. Terrell did not have the level of influence which she had briefly held with Theodore Roosevelt's administration, on one occasion, she had spoken to Secretary of War Taft about suspending a motion to dismiss black troops until a proper investigation could be made. The suggestion was placed into motion within hours. Mary Church Terrell had two daughters and successfully managed a family with her husband, Robert, 
in the midst of her continued speaking, writing, and teaching engagements. Her husband passed away in 1925, and she spent her time primarily in Washington, D.C. for the rest of her life. Terrell became involved in the political campaign of Ruth Hannah McCormick, who ran for an Illinois Senate seat and later advised the Republican National Committee during the Hoover campaign. In 1940, she released her autobiography, Colored Women in a White World. One of the final chapters described carrying on and her intent to stay active as she aged. Awards like honorary doctorates of humane letters bestowed by Oberlin College in 1948 and similar honorary degrees from Howard and Wilberforce University seemed to only further motivate Terrell to action. In 1950, she and a number of colleagues became one of the earliest activist groups in a new era of civil rights. A lawsuit was filed against Washington, D.C.'s Thompson Restaurant when the establishment refused to serve them because of their race. D.C. segregation was officially challenged and declared unconstitutional in 1953, and Terrell helped to organize sit-ins, pickets, boycotts, and surveys around the city leading up to the ruling. Many regarded her leadership as key in the early court battle to desegregate America. She also successfully lobbied the National Association of University Women to admit blacks while in her 80s. Terrell died at the age of 91, just days before the Brown versus Board of Education ruling that reversed the separate but equal stance that she had seen come and go. Mary Terrell's boundless energy had been shaped by pioneers like Frederick Douglass brought into the struggle for women's suffrage and the welfare of black women and culminated in her early contribution to a movement that would directly challenge formal segregation across the country. Mary Church Terrell served as a professor and principal at Wilberforce University and became the first black woman appointed to the District of Columbia Board of Education in 1895. The following year, Terrell became president of the newly formed National Association of Colored Women. She was an active writer with numerous black and foreign newspapers and occasionally the Washington Post, less accepting of her race-related topics. You know, my friends, you have to ask yourself, why this wonderful black woman who had done so much for black women's suffrage was never taught to us. Why she was not in our history books. And she is only one of many black women that have fought the fight for us. So once again, we must go after truth and teach our own children. And please don't confuse my black pride for white hate 
I love my white friends too. I just have to liberate the minds of my people, so I have to tell them the truth about yours. Hey, once again, my friends, that music tells me that it is time for me to go. But before I do, you know I'm going to leave you with a message. Stop sitting at the table where they speak evil about others. Because when you get up, you are the topic. Until next time, it's been my honor. <laughs>